Thanks for listening to the show. Join us online at playvolutionhq.com and learn how to support the show at explorationsearlylearning.com slash support. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome back to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here with Heather Shoemaker. Hi, Heather. Hello. And we've got our two guests with us, uh, Katie and Patricia, and we've been talking about their their renegade center. Um, as we wrapped up last time, I, I, a question popped into my head um, about parents. How are you getting parents on board with this? How are you getting them to conform and obey and be part of the program and buy in and all of that? Has it been easy? Has it been a struggle? What's going on with that? Well, there's a little bit of both. Um <laughs> I think, you know, when, first and foremost, parents are looking for something different because what's happening right now in the standard world of education is not working for some children. It is working for some children, but the children it's not working for, um, they're looking for something different, so they're pretty much willing to do whatever we say. Now, we've also both, <laughs> and several of the teachers, we've done this for a long time, and so we've built respect and we've built... Um, relationships with people, and that's so important, those relationships, because then they have the trust for us. Um, With our little kiddos, our early childhood school, that's, you know, birth through five or six years old, depending on if they wait a year for kindergarten or not. Um, A lot of those parents come searching for childcare, and then that is our opportunity to educate and say, yes, we provide childcare, we do it in a very different way, and this is what it looks like, this is what it sounds like, this is what it feels like, and just give some language and some examples. Um... There are times where a parent is uncomfortable with something that comes up, and I'll just say, I hear that you're really uncomfortable with that, and that used to make me uncomfortable, and here's why, and here's why I do it now. And so just explaining that if we keep doing what we kept doing, we're going to keep getting what we used to get, and we've got to get something different. We need kids to be um, authentic. We need kids to feel powerful. We need kids to have the opportunity to practice and practice and try and try and be who they are. And so usually when I explain that part of it, parents are pretty on board. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of the parents have already read the book that were in my program before and some of the other home programs. Um, And if not, we encourage them to read it. Um, So far I haven't had too many issues with parents because they're looking for, people are hungry for something different. Something different. That is really meeting the needs of their kids. Yeah. And I feel like it's like a family school. It's not just the kids come here. It's, I tell the parents, if you're joining a community and a family, and I expect that when you're on the playground coming to pick up your kid, you're going to say hi to the other kids, and they're going to get to know you, and you're going to know the other teachers. And so because we're just growing, we've been here for three months so far in this setting, in this school building, it's, we're still in that process of letting it unfold. But I'm, I'm sure we'll run into that in the future, and I'll just – in my mind, be thinking, thank you for showing me that you need some support, and then figure out how to get that out there. <laughs> what do you think, Don? I think it's also the children, it, they speak for themselves in the way that they are interacting, and when they go home at night. My goal as a teacher is that when you spend time with your child, they are well-rested, happy, and ready to be with you. So 
if I can fill their buckets all day long by being respectful and meeting their needs, then when they go home, they can work it out with their parents. Um, they, my, even my own children, they have meltdowns when we get home. I mean, you still, as a child, you know, you've seen them where they, they hold it all in all day and then they go home and they release it all. And then parents are like, why are they always monsters for me? <laughs> but they're great at school. Mm -hmm. Um, but we really try to minimize that because we allow them the ability to trust us, to show us their true feelings, and we give them that space to process it during the day. They do, I don't feel like they don't have to hold back so much until the end of the day when they get home. And yeah. when people are coming here to tour, they see it in action. And so they can walk into the room and I can say, this is, I know it looks chaotic, but let me tell you everything that's happening right now. And so then as a knowledgeable child person in child development and educator, I can go through and say, this is, you know, here they are, they're climbing on this cardboard box and jumping onto the floor. It looks really unsafe, but this is what they're doing. <laughs> they're learning how to take turns. They're doing teamwork. They are learning how to take, um, you know, safe risk, choices make those choices for themselves they're learning about balance in their body and they're learning about what their bodies can do and and that type of thing so why am i not stopping them from jumping off the box well they're learning so many things if i if i took that away from them they wouldn't learn those things and why would i have this box in the classroom like it, it i would need to reevaluate everything that i have available for them and i can go through and see all of the little pockets of things that the children are doing and i can tell parents that when they're here on a tour and then Katie can then talk to them in the office and expand on that and talk more about the philosophy of the school. And so I really think that the children are the best thing for the things that people see and the parents see. Um, when I've had a parent who said, you know, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with my child using that language, we'll go back to the, um, what I had mentioned before of giving them a safe space to use that language, mm -hmm. then I've said, I recognize that that's not something that you want your child to be doing. And... I also recognize that it's it's something that they just have to do in this moment. And so it's a safe space at my house. There, It's okay to have different rules in different locations. And kids are really smart about that. And they understand that my mom doesn't feel comfortable when I say this word, but it's okay with Miss Dawn. And they can then process it all out when they're with me and they go home and they don't need to do it anymore. And so I think that that's something that children are really brilliant at being able to determine for themselves. Yeah, they know how to get their needs met, and they go to the person and the place that, that will allow them to get that exactly. particular need met. Yeah. You know, your story about the kids releasing all their, their tantrum energy at home um, just because they've been trying to hold it together all day. I have a story about that because when I was at um, the school for young children as a four-year-old myself, um, there was a day when I had a full-blown temper tantrum at school with one of my teachers, and when my mom came to pick me up, they said, oh, she's, we're so pleased. She's finally comfortable with us. She's comfortable enough to have a tantrum. This is <laughs> this great, you know. <laughs> what, what, what's a Heather Shoemaker tantrum look like? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think, we, did we lose Heather? Heather is still showing up as being here. Um... Well, um, I'm going to ask you two a question, and then I'm going to try to figure out on the on the device what what happened to Heather. Um, what did you have any problems with anything come up with licensing while you were going about 
uh, this process, or has everything been pretty smooth there? I mean, we're in that process right now. Okay. That's a great question, and I'm sure in a few days we'll have a better answer for you. <laughs> um, hello. Heather, are you back? Hi. I came back. I was on a little vacation. I, yeah. I noticed you. We lost you. And, um, well, well, I was trying to get you back. I asked the question if they've hit, well, they've been moving along with this process. What was going on? If there were any things with licensing that had come up with this different approach and those kind of things. And, and we were just going to get an answer to that. So, yeah, I was just thinking, you know, we're just in that process right now. So we've been here for three months, and, you know, they usually come within four months. Um, we've had our county consultant out several times, though, and she's able to see that all of the kids' needs are met, that we're in ratio, which is, you know, like a big, huge deal in licensing, that we um, are meeting the staff's needs. Everyone's pleasant. Everyone's kind. You can see the interactions, and I think that is supersedes maybe any of the other things for the initial part of it. Um, so far, I can't think of anything that's going to be difficult for licensing. The only thing that I personally am struggling with is I totally believe in a multi-age environment. Uh -huh. I would love to have classrooms that are birth through sixth grade all in the same room. However, that doesn't mesh well with licensing standards right now. And so we're trying to think of a creative solution for that. Um, and, and we'll cross that when we get there. That's the only really potential thing I can see. I mean... You know, we're in the middle of a city, so we still have a fenced yard, so there's a limit of how far they can go outside. Um, I would love to have this giant open field where they can go wherever they want. But, you know, we're also at a crossroads of, you know, this is a fine art of we need to bring this to the community. We know that they need it. And so, you know, kind of meeting people where they are and then kindly guiding them gently to the light, if you will. Uh-huh. And so I think we're kind of in that part right now. Because even the person from the state emailed me and said, quite honestly, we're not quite exactly sure what to do with you guys because you're the first one like this that goes birth to sixth grade in the same building. Huh. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're under DHS regulations for the birth through age five, mm -hmm. the early childhood. And then we're under the Department of Ed for our K through six wing. So they, they've never seen both of those departments in the same building before. And I think... I'd love to be a fly on the, on the wall in their meetings. <laughs> they, they even meet. Sometimes I think they've never even talked to each other. <laughs> yeah. um, and they, they just they must get, not get over to Western Iowa enough. Uh, the, the center I ran for, we got to the point where we were doing infant care up to school age care. And what we ended up having to do, I think, is we had a separate license for the, the school age before and after mm -hmm. and summer program. Um, and, but I mean, that was 10, 15 years ago at least. So, uh, I'm sure things have, have evolved and changed since then. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff to go on the bureaucratic side. And I'm, I'm happy to hear you haven't had a lot of struggles. When you were putting together your, your handbook and policies, did you, did you create renegade rule policies? Cause. Hey, that was the question I was going to ask. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm curious uh, how you started out, you know, with your, did you start with, with the philosophy and come up with some of your own unique renegade rules or how did it, that process go? That is very much a work in progress as we speak. So we are slowly adding actually those things in and we are going to add in a page that these are the renegade rules. Here's the book. Here's where you can buy it. Please read it. And then here's the rules that your children are going to be embraced by when they're at school. Mm hmm I, I think this is an opportunity to, to sell some books, Heather. I mean, you can get them at like a 10% discount on bulk copies, can't you? Don't you, well, I don't think you have it's that kind 40%. of poll? You know, Katie asked me, can we buy your book by the case? Oh, well, and there I you go. Thought, sure. 
<laughs> but actually, it's um, I don't know if if you're doing this, but I've heard some schools do where you just get a copy of It's Okay Not to Share when a new family registers for the school because there's so much um, that can be startlingly different. Um, and just to get everybody um, having a reference book they can refer to for one thing, but also a little bit on the same page as they're entering um, a new program because there's a lot of different things that may take right away or might take a little getting used to. Um, in, in fact, it's funny because the teachers at the School for Young Children who, um, that's, those are the teachers I interviewed to create the book, they often refer to the book themselves because when it's a busy day and you can't, you know, you're, you're tired and you can't remember what you might say, you just flip to a certain page and there it is. Yeah. Yes, that's my favorite part about your book, that you give actual <coughs> phrases to use yes. because sometimes I, my brain just doesn't think of anything creative and then I think, what would Heather say? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Literally, we oh, both looked yeah. it up like in the middle of the day and just flipped open and been like, oh. There it is. Verbatim. <laughs> I have a question, Jeff. When you guys did your center, did you guys do elementary school like all year round, or did you do like the BASP program? Oh no, we were we were just we were just uh, before and after school type stuff. So yeah, I mean, it was just it was just summer program during vacation times, and I mean holiday school holidays, and then just care wraparound kind of stuff for the the school day. Cool. So Heather, the, you're, this is also a chance for you to build an app, the, the What Would Heather Say app. <laughs> That's yes. awesome. And and so people people you just you just say you just you just kind of pick from a menu what the what the situation was, and then Heather's voice would come on with uh, with the uh, the idea here. Um, if if you build that, Heather, I I, I called I get ten percent just for the idea. <laughs> And then what would Jeff say? Jeff says, "Give me ten percent." <laughs> <laughs> so what? What has been? I mean, you're three months into this, and I, I think we should put a note on the calendar, Heather, to to in a year uh, check in and uh, and see how things are going. If they've pulled their hair out and run away, or if things are thriving, because <laughs> I mean, it could go either way. This is a brand new adventure. Um, what has been the biggest surprise? And what has been the biggest roadblock that you've encountered as you've as you've been on this admittedly short journey? Um, I think the the biggest surprise, which is the intention I said all along, but I kept saying I want this to be like a little United Nations in here, and it is. We have so many cultures and so many different languages and countries and family styles represented in here, and that's thinking about it, putting it on a business plan, and then watching it happen is awesome. The biggest roadblock is money because we're asking elementary students' families to quit public school, mm -hmm. come to our school, and then pay tuition for something that they can get for free. And so that's been, that's been the hardest part. Also, you know, when you start talking about helping children who are on state-funded um, plans, those are much less than a typical tuition rate. Yeah. And so then how do we bridge that gap? And so we've been having fundraising conversations. But that definitely the funding. I would say really has been the only roadblock. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So really the kids, the families that are looking for childcare anyway, then the money is the same to them. But it's once you're getting into elementary school. That yes. Become, yeah. Yes. So you don't have any trouble filling up the younger slots. It's more the older mm -hmm. kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, I think, something that as the school grows to its reputation grows because there's so many stories we have in, in Columbus, Ohio, where... 
um, the teacher will look around her high school classroom and and notice the interactions among the kids and say, you know, what preschool did you go to? And find out that the ones with the best conflict mediation skills and emotional <laughs> balance are the ones that all went to school for young children. So it's you, you see them when they grow and you see these ideas in action. And those children that you're working with today are going to start interacting in the community. And they become your your best salespeople because people say, wow, I like how that, that kid encounters the world. Um, you know, wh- what school did they go to? Mm-hmm. So true. But that takes time. Yeah. It does. Yeah, 40 years down the road, after you get a couple generations through the, through the place, you'll have everything worked out. That's right. We'll have yeah. all the money we need. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, what's, what's interesting is, um, you know, the school thing children is coming up on being 50 years old. So, of course, it has had the next generation come. But I find that even the, though you might have a child who went through the program and then they end up having their own kids. Like me, for example, you encounter a little bit of adult amnesia. And this is what happens when a child grows up and forgets what it's like to be a kid. And some of us do this more than others. Um, And I think I remember a lot. And and I think the people who work with children the most, uh, I mean, not work with them the most, but work with them respectfully the most, Mm -hmm. um, remember their childhood, remember some of those deep feelings, remember the feelings of helplessness and powerlessness and just wanting to get their message across. And a lot of people just forget. They forget what it was like. Um, But even those, um, you know, I I forgot a lot. When I went back to do research on It's Okay Not to Share, I'd actually forgotten that there was boxing gloves at the school. I had forgotten that. Even though I'd participated in it myself, um, I just, you forget huge swaths of your childhood. You, you, you probably had so a concussion. Important. Yeah, yeah, well, maybe. I did play a lot of soccer. <laughs> <laughs> Even when you've got yourself steeped in the, in the philosophy, um, just the fact of growing up and, and interacting with the rest of the culture can get us to forget essential things. So we always need to keep on working with the kids and the families, and it's a, it's a, a beautiful never-ending project. So it's about wrap-up time. I get, I've got one more question, unless, unless you've got something, Heather. No, I've, I've, your question. I've got something I'm really curious about. Um, when it came time to make this move from, from family child care to this, this new adventure, to this bigger endeavor, t- talk to me about the tipping point, about the, uh, oh, one day you're going to do this, and, or you're not going to do this, or it's just kind of a thought, and then the next day you pulled the trigger. Because I'm really interested in those, those moments where people go from idea to action. Was it a scary thing? Was it something that it, it was a long process? Or was it just you woke up one morning and, and this was going to happen, and you were going to make it happen? How did that, how did that go? Well, I've always done things, I would say, unconventionally, if you will. Um, I just have this sense of knowing that I have to do something and I do it. And people say, oh, it's so weird. Oh, that's not. You're not. Oh, you know. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm, excuse me. And move out of my way. Thanks. Have a nice day. <laughs> and so my husband got his MBA and he was going to apply for a job. And he's been helping me run my in-home program for like six years and was like, why am I all of a sudden now that I have this piece of paper going to stop spending time with my kids? It doesn't make any sense. Let's do our school. And it, for, it, it first he was like, let's do a drop in childcare at the mall. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> let's talk about that. And so that morphed into let's do our school. So we were going to be at the mall, and then the playground wasn't what we wanted. So then we're like, well, let's start looking for other buildings. Because if these people said yes, somebody else is going to say yes. 
So then I toured the building that we're in looking at the floor plan and the people that were in it went out of business and called me the next day and begged me to take over their lease. <laughs> and I was just like, no, I think we want to build a new building because we know what it wants to look like. And then we sat down and did the numbers and we slept on it and woke up and was like, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. And so we were going to open in August and then all of a sudden the conversation became, well, you have to open in February if you're going to take this building. So we're like, okay, plug your nose and jump in. And we did. So it was literally like we made the decision and like within two weeks we had the keys to the building. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. And we like pitched the plan to the guy who owns the building and he's been really, really helpful and is an awesome person. And so that without somebody like that, I think that it would have been a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I just say, I'm going to say, I think you guys are going to have tremendous success. And here's the reasons. You feel extremely confident and passionate inside yourselves of what you're doing. You, you've, you know, you're not new at this, but you've got great drive and mission, and and you just believe in it. And you have the confidence to help teach the other adults. And I think the second thing is that you're not just good and respectful with the children, but you have those same qualities for the adults that you need to work with because. Even if you were super good with the kids, but you couldn't work with the adults, the whole thing would start crashing. You have to be able to work on both levels, and I think you've got what it takes to do that. So my hat is off to both of you. I Thank totally you. concur. Thank you. Um, so where can, I mean, somebody listen to these two episodes and they want to uh, follow the adventures uh, that you're on, is there any place on the social media they should go to look you all up? Yeah, we have a Purple Bloom School page. On Facebook, and then we also have our purplebloomschool.com website. Well, there we and go. So, and it's not purple blue for people who are listening. It's bloom as in a flower's bloom. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. So if you're trying to look that up. And come visit them in Iowa. I'm opening up this invitation. You can, of course, say you're too busy. But I think it, it's Please wonderful to see things in action and to realize what's possible because so many people are struggling and feeling it's not quite right. But they just need that that leader to show them, look, we did it, and this is how it's working. And um, so you can deal with your, your um, uninvited guests now. <laughs> That's great. We're happy to have them. Heather sent us. <laughs> Heather sent us. How, how, how far are you from I-80? Like far. Two minutes. Oh, well. Okay. I'll put that in my notes. Um, excellent. Hey, anything else for the good of the cause we should toss in here before we wrap this episode up? Are we all good? Good. Thank you for yeah. your time. Well, I'm so glad that you started your school, and so and the kids of the world are going to be better off for it. So many, many thanks to you guys. Can't Thank wrap you. up better than that. This has been another episode of Renegade Rules. We'll be back soon with another one. Thanks for tuning in. Go out, check out the, the Purple Blooms and see how they're progressing. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We, uh, we love you sharing the show and listening to the show. That's how we grow. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 And bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.